0: Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we explore our year in the national parks, our international travel experiences, and our love for everything budget travel. We're Cole and Elizabeth Donaldson, a regular Midwest couple who quit our jobs and set off on a year-long adventure to all 59 U.S. national parks in 2016. That set off our travel addiction, and since then we've visited over 50 countries. We've made travel a priority without breaking the bank, and we are here to share that with you. All right, everybody. It's good to be back with you. We took a break for our October episode, and uh, we're coming to you today with something I think you're really going to like. Uh, It's going to be three things different about today. I am, first of all, by myself, so sorry about that. Uh, Number two, this is an episode with some real-time recordings taken out in the travel field. Um, And number three, these recordings were actually on the shelf since March 2017, and we just realized... We've never done this episode and um, wanted to dust them off because I think the places um, I went actually without Elizabeth were really interesting, worth sharing, and um, worth a trip yourself if you get the chance. Before I share some of that live audio from the field way back when, uh, let me give you some uh, setup, some context here. Um, We are talking about the country of Ireland, first of all. Um, Ireland is a popular tourist destination, a lot more popular than I realized when I went this last time. I think it's very accessible flight wise, it's very accommodating, you know, language wise, Western standards are, you know, very comfortable, and it's got some really great attractions too. I don't think I fully appreciated it before this last trip in March 2017. In fact, I went ahead and looked up the top sites on Google just to see whether I made a dent. And I got to a number of them, but there were a bunch that I didn't even know about. Uh, so five out of the twenty, first of all, have castles, which are a huge thing you think of when uh, you're in Ireland. Five out of 20 are castles, um, including the Blarney Castle, which is probably the most famous with the Blarney Stone. In two trips to Ireland now, I've never done that. I hear it's a big tourist trap and don't really care to. Uh, but there are a bunch of other things, including some stuff I'll talk about. Uh, number one is the Giants Causeway in Northern Ireland. So this list is both Northern and uh, Ireland, um, Northern Ireland and Ireland. So Giants Causeway, Cliffs of Moher. Guinness Storehouse, which was spectacular. Didn't do it this trip, but had previously. Um, Just a really good rooftop bar and museum about the brand. Ring of Kerry, of course. Very popular road trip. National Trust Carrick Arid, which is a suspension bridge that connects the mainland to an island up north. Interesting. The Titanic Museum in Belfast, the Dingle Peninsula, the Temple Bar is a really famous bar in Dublin. Then there's um, Killarney National Park, there's Connemara National Park, and uh, yeah, just a, a few things that... Um, if I went back, I would definitely want to get to, including, in, these parks didn't make the l- list on Google, um, but I would love to go to Wicklow Mountains, and um, there's another national park up north called glenvay I believe, uh, and then also Skellig Island, is a has become really popular because it's used as the setting for Star Wars when Luke Skywalker is being a hermit you know, on this really forsaken island that uh, that was set off in some island with actual stone domes uh, that monks used to live in. Off the coast of Ireland, a ways, and you can go out and take a boat tour there. So, would love to do that. Uh, Would love to see some of the Game of Thrones settings in Northern Ireland. That was a famous uh, filming spot. Uh, And yeah, I mentioned the parks, a few other really big castles that I would love to see. And I'm sure we will get there at some point because. Elizabeth, although I've been twice Elizabeth's, never been, and we would love to go back with our family someday. So since we are a national parks podcast, I figured we could get, uh, give you a quick overview about the national parks of Ireland because there are several. And by several, I mean six specifically. So um, five of them are on the western coast, basically, of Ireland, and there is one in the east, right south of Dublin. A quick overview of four of them, um, and then I'll get into the two that I actually went to uh, later on. But uh, first of all, you have Connemara National Park and also Wild Neffin Ballycroy National Park. Both of these are typical Ireland scenery you would imagine of, you know, fields and bogs and more rolling hills. Um, very pretty and very much worth a a visit, I'm sure. But if I could only pick one, I would probably pick Glenvaugh don't know if that's how you pronounce it at all glen v e a g h national park um this one has some beautiful mountains it also has a hidden castle it has lakes um really uh, from the pictures on the website a beautiful spot um, Again, did not go to any of these four, but looks like it has plenty of hiking. The problem with it, though, is that it is way up in the northern tip of Ireland, close to Derry, northern Ireland, actually. So it might be a little tougher to get to, it. a lot tougher than Wicklow Mountains National Park, which is the fourth one out of the six that I didn't get to Wicklow Mountains also looks beautiful. There are plenty of uh, mountains and hiking and you know, lakes, scenery. So would really recommend checking that one out as well, especially since it's so close to Dublin. Overall, um, uh, when I think of Ireland, I think of Dublin. I think of um, Guinness and sheep and people uh, who like to party. And, of course, it delivers all of that, you know, uh, but it also gives you a really diverse experience um, and plenty to get out of Dublin and get out of the East to see. A lot of that nature, as I mentioned, is out West. Um, So... I suppose without further ado, uh, let's go traveling and I'm going to share what I was doing for you know working with startups, hanging out in an Irish pub or two, the maritime tragedy, uh, and the history that I learned in different coastal towns. Uh, crossing over into Northern Ireland for a little bit, going to a uh, UNESCO World Heritage site, uh, and a few other things along the way. So I hope you enjoy these first-hand live recording accounts. And uh, here we go. Hello. Thanks. How's about ye from Cork, Ireland? that's a phrase I just looked up online because I was looking to figure out what Irish people actually say in greeting, and I probably just offended the whole country. But um, how's about ye? So I am here in Cork, Ireland, which is in the southern portion of the country. I'm actually doing a school Consulting project. I'm advising a team that's working with an a startup accelerator here. It's a really cool program that we have uh, within my MBA that gives students some real-world experience with companies, uh, many times international. Uh, and of course, I'm loving it because I have the opportunity to travel on the school's dime uh, and. Yeah, you can never replace when you get a um, really cool cultural experience, and I thought I would share a little bit of that with you all while I'm here. So, spent a few days in Dublin first, and uh, didn't really get to do too much touristy stuff because we were working, we were meeting uh, some people that work for the accelerator, some investors. Today, we traveled uh, to Cork, like I said, by train, very common mode of transportation, uh, very smooth, goes everywhere in the country. Through the, you know, just ubiquitous farmland, they have uh, stereotypical green, lush Irish fields. Uh, So, yeah, it was a great ride th- here, and now we're right on the coast, so we uh, actually took a little evening trip after we our work was done and visited Cobe, Ireland, which I found out. There, Cobe has a really interesting history. It is uh, the last port of call for the Titanic before it sank in the middle of the Atlantic. 123 passengers got on board in Cove, Ireland, um, and only 44 of them survived, tragically. Uh, also very interestingly it was it is the site of the memorial for the Lusitania. I think the Lusitania's last port of call was also in Cove, and for those who aren't as familiar with that lesser-known ill-fated ship it was one of the first ships sank during World War I in 1915 by a German U-boat and over 1,100 people died there. Over 1,500, 1,503 died in the Titanic. Uh, Each one had just over 700 survivors. Just remarkable tragedies. Titanic, 1912. The Lusitania was 1915. So just three years apart, they had over... 1,000, 1,100 people in each die, um, which is crazy to think about if that happened today. Anyway, that was kind of a little, uh, interesting side trip, and now, now that we're done with our work for the evening, we get to do a little travel day tomorrow, and actually, I have to stay here a few more days because I'm flying off to a different location, which I might make a whole separate podcast episode about, so stay tuned for that, maybe somewhere farther south around the equator. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a, an amazing next few days just traveling along the West Coast, much less um, populated, incredible views of the Atlantic and the jagged cliffs. I will keep updating you all as we get to our major stops along the way. The last thing, oh, I was going to mention where I am right now, which is out in the uh, fairly cold weather. Uh, It's been about 35 to 40 degrees the whole time we've been in Ireland, which is colder than I expected for a temperate uh, country that is right off the warm Gulf Stream. But part of that is because they just got a huge dumping of snow Last weekend that we're in, you know, the beginning of March, so right before we got here, the whole Dublin airport was closed. And this is really uh, uncommon for them to get any snow at all, so they don't invest in snow plows, understandably. And when it does snow any significant amount, the whole city just shuts down. The last time this happened was, I think somebody said, eight years ago. So it's really hilarious that it's just not worth it for them to invest in snow removal stuff and would rather let the city take a forced couple days of holiday. But anyway, I I was saying I'm out in front in in the reasonably cold weather in front of our hostel that we're staying at. So I mentioned the CEL, uh, which is the program I'm with from school, is covering our travel. And... Um, They cover, you know, the hotels and everything, and they have a pretty decent budget. So, you know, we could get a room of up to... uh, Two rooms of up to $120 a night. But um, when I was in charge of looking for a place to stay... I just couldn't help myself. I, <laughs> I booked a hostel um, for fifty dollars and fifty-six dollars for the one that had the private bathroom, and the other three ladies who are traveling with me. It's it, it, an experience for them, um, as it would be for m- most people, uh, l- just in this you know, young backpackers hostel that, um, is very, let's say vivacious with a whole group of students staying there tonight. It's actually super packed for a Wednesday and they're, you know, just bumping the music up until 10 o'clock and making everybody really nervous. That they're not going to get any sleep. Um, but it made me start thinking, am I, as I, <laughs> actually mature in my, uh, traveling style and hopefully also my budget, uh, going to be able to switch to a more, um, refined, maybe a little more expensive, God forbid, way of travel. And I, I don't know. I would like to say yes, um, but as evidenced by today, my default, even when we had a very healthy budget was just to go with, you know, the essentially cheapest option I could find. And the, the two of the women love it. Like they think it's a, <laughs> just a fun, uh, funny experience. And then the one is not so much about it at all but we're all joking about it and she is being a good sport um it's just funny to see her reactions sometimes uh when you have to when the party can be heard like it's you know two feet away from their room on the next floor and you have to hold the shower knob down so it doesn't quit spraying uh, anyway Yeah, I I wonder, it just made me wonder if I will be able to, you know, if I can help myself and and change my travel style or if I have so cemented a mindset of frugality that I will um, forever be locked into that. And I hope that's not the case because, you know, you don't, you want to enjoy the finer things sometimes. And I think... Elizabeth and I do, as evidenced by something like our, you know, floating cabana that we stayed at in Panama, which was the most amazing place we've ever stayed, and it wasn't the cheapest place by any means either. So I'd like to think so, but this little trip has got me thinking I'd be really curious to hear from other people too as they have maybe gotten you know older and gotten uh more means to their name and their travel budget have they changed their style so just something to ponder and while you do uh I will be trying to sleep over the rave and uh heading out for some great adventures tomorrow. So I'll talk to you then. So I am walking through National Park number two of the day in Ireland here. I am driving through the uh, western half of the whole country, and we are in Buren National Park, or maybe Burn National Park, not sure how it's pronounced. Basically it looks like a moonscape, just tons of limestone rock as far as the eye can see, just covering, uh, it looks, it's really interesting, you know, maybe more interesting than it sounds it's such a desolate landscape and you know how limestone can always form all of these nooks and uh, crannies and just get all types of pockets from the water flowing through them so it's really interesting just walking on top of all of this gray rock and then looking up ahead and it goes over you know culminates in a mountain that you can definitely see all the layers stacked up on top of each other of this same rock um you know lake on the right hand side sun setting right in front of me as I walk back to the car um you can never go wrong with the national park I don't care if it's in the US or international um just you know you know we live for getting out of the cities these are where we truly get to enjoy um I don't know just the natural landscapes, especially international ones we might not be so familiar with. So, this one is kind of lesser known, definitely lesser known than the one we went to earlier in the day, which is Killarney National Park. So, that was right after we got up in the morning. We I uh, got up before the sunrise and started driving the Ring of Kerry, which some of you may be familiar with because it's a very famous scenic drive. Beautiful, lots along the coast, very windy, tight roads. Eventually ended up at Killarney National Park where we went to something called the TORC Waterfall, T-O-R-C. And it was... A lot bigger than I expected because uh, the mountains in Ireland are actually a lot bigger than I expected uh, and right now since I mentioned yesterday how they just had a big snowstorm they are all snow-capped which is super interesting and I feel like isn't a sight people get to see very much so uh, really enjoyed that in the, the trees and all the vegetation we saw Uh, around the waterfall were just so moss-covered. It reminded me a lot of Olympic National Park back in the States, Washington State, uh, with the Ho rainforest and how everything there was covered in moss. Same type of feeling. So, again, loved that little bit, too. Won't get to spend too much time in either of these, but uh, considering the, you know, huge day we're packing everything into today. They're two very worthwhile stops just to get out stretch the legs Um, so yeah it's um, just refreshing air here you know the shadows are getting long across the rocks as uh, get late in the day and we still have a few more stops so I will maybe hit you up again and uh until then. Hey there, it's me from 2019 back in my living room. Uh, I wanted to interject to give a little bit more background on uh, Killarney and Buren National Parks because I could only describe so much in that live description. Uh, both of these national parks are on the eastern uh, the, the western side, close to the coast. As I mentioned, one, Killarney, is a great stop if you're doing the Ring of Kerry. Um, it's right in the middle of it. And then the second one, Burren National Park, is right between Limerick and Galway. To give a little description of each one, in Killarney, there is the historic muckross house and gardens. There's also some uh, kayaking and canoeing you could do. They have, you know, lots to teach about nature, wildlife, history there. Um, Also plenty of hiking for those interested. There are a few loops you can do. Everything from a a short uh, couple hundred yards up to the Torque waterfall to a longer Muckross Lake loop. I believe the Muckross Lake loop is um, 15 kilometers. The Torque Waterfall loop is 4.5 kilometers. Those can obviously take up your whole day if you want. Really recommend at least getting out to see the waterfalls. Uh, so Buren National Park then as you go north is a lot different scenery. Burin comes from an Irish, Irish word meaning rocky place, and it completely lacks soil cover and is actually exposed limestone pavement for as far as you can see. Uh, but the weird thing is that it is referred to sometimes as fertile rock because the mixture of nutrient-rich herb and floral species allows a lot to grow there, surprisingly. Um, I love this quote I found on the website. In 1651, apparently a Cromwellian army officer remarked, of this barony, it is said that it is a country where there is not enough water to drown a man wood enough to hang one, nor earth enough to bury them. So this rugged landscape is really fascinating and a stark contrast to Killarney. Um, In the park, there is a little more limited stuff to do. There's mostly walking trails from 1.5 one and a half kilometers to seven and a half kilometers you can find the maps on the website and basically all of them take you uh, across this you know similar rocky landscape um, but it is such a different type that I highly recommend checking it out all right back to the trip of ah. you have to say ma ah. Ah. oh man, the cliffs of moore a drop of I would say ooh, 300 feet or so straight into the ocean that's a wild guess but whatever it is it's crazy impressive um a really gorgeous spot along the western coast of ireland famous um stop for tourists but right now since it's not tourist season in the middle of february not many people at all, got here right as the sun was setting, so perfect timing with the sun lighting up the cliffs, walked up to a high point where there is a castle tower and uh, just, you know how the, the cliffs just curve in and out. You can see, you know, from different points if you get out on an outcropping back along the cliffs, all of the layers, uh, the seagulls diving in and out, of course, the Atlantic stretching out forever to the west, just an amazing sight, and now it's, sun is set, it's really, uh, the, the light is fading, and, uh, Still walking right along the cliff edge. There's a, a nice paved path for most of the part, and then eventually you get past that and are walking on a dirt path. It's pretty wet because of the snow, and then the um, basically the, the huge tufts of grass are the only thing that separate you from a drop of about uh, I guess guess 300 feet. Um, But that's cool in itself, just falling away from the grass top. It's like a field that just immediately disappears. So, um, yeah, loving the view here. And then back across Ireland, just those classic fields, paddocks, stone fences, uh, as far as you can see. So that... Ladies and gentlemen, is the Cliffs of Moher. So you, you. you bring him back the t-shirt or you keep it yourself? What's that? Will you bring back your uncle the t-shirt or will you keep it yourself? No, he already has his. He has plenty. They're from Kansas City. Thanks very uh, So, I got everything else, I guess. So I skipped a day of logging Ireland travels. Shame on me, Uh, except maybe it doesn't count if you don't sleep. Uh, But rewinding back to where I left off, we had just seen Cliffs of Moher and went to go grab dinner at a famous Irish pub called Western O'Connor's, not Western. It's in Western Ireland. It's called O'Connor's Irish pub. And it was the original location, of course, Doolin, Ireland, and some of the best food I've ever had, is and so simple, too. The f- dish I got was called bangers and mash, so bangers are pork sausage, mash, potatoes, and... Um, There was amazing seafood chowder. Uh, You know, another person got lamb stew, which is a really um, traditional Irish dish. Later in the trip, I had um, beef stew with Guinness, which is, again, traditional. Um, So uh, when you think of Ireland, you think of all those traditional hearty foods, and that is definitely what we tried to sample throughout um so amazing meal there ended the day driving to Galway in the dark and um you know that was a, a heard great things about the city um didn't get to spend too much time there cuz in the morning we actually kept trucking along going north uh, along the coast went to uh, this was kind of our castle day we went to really cool castles in called Menlo Castle was covered with ivy then another one was one just in the middle of some random town we decided to stop at and then the last one we went to was on its own little island of land separated from the coast and that was incredible just to see the backdrop of these cliffs and the water uh, behind and underneath it uh, so cool to have that huge castle just perch right on top, uh, out on its own little island. Um, and what else did we do that day? We saw some caves that, who knows, I still haven't looked up what they were made from, made for, but they're just in the, a series of obviously man-made caves in this mountainside Um, Just a whole string of them that we went up to visit It was called the Caves of Kesh Another one of those roadside stops that we almost breezed right by But so glad we took the chance to check it out Because they were super cool And uh, ended the day at the world famous Giants Causeway And that is a World Heritage Site up in Northern Ireland. So we crossed the border from Ireland to the UK, which is Northern Ireland, and it was too late to go down to the actual Giant's Causeway, which is an area of hexagonal-shaped stones. Uh, but we walked along the cliffs, very similar to the Cliffs of Moher, but actually had a lot more inlets and kind of sea stacks in the ocean that you could look down and see the waves crashing against. So it kind of even had more texture to it than the Cliffs of Moher. So um, that was just amazing for Sunset to walk right along those cliffs. And we're going to, again, save the main part of the Giant's Causeway for the next day. Stayed at a hostel right next door. Um, Had another dinner of fish and chips, so just trying to get in all the good old Irish fare we could. And the morning turned out to be quite the um, dismal day. It was rainy, it was windy and cold, and... We had to get out there anyway because this was our only day in Northern Ireland. So we put our rain jackets on. We started walking because the hostel was within walking distance of, of this Giants Causeway place. And um, it w- ended up being so good because once we got there, there were no people. They said in the peak season that there are, you know, 100 people out there at once on these kind of rock formations just climbing around getting their selfies but we spent almost an hour and a half there just on the rocks themselves not counting the walking along the cliffs and coming down towards them but an hour and a half there and didn't see anybody. Um, So that was great to have them all to ourselves. Uh, Again, the waves were really rough and crashing against these stones, which you really got to check out the show notes here because these pictures, you don't have any idea what it's like unless you look at the pictures. So this one I can't describe. It's just these Co- hor- hexagonal columns of rock that have been kind of cut off, and they almost look like man-made pavers. Just fascinating how that happens, and there some of them are stacked at different heights because um, they're broken off at different heights. So there's a lot of depth to it, and um, like I said, we spend. A whole hour and a half there Just a small little section of rock But there felt like there was just so much to soak in And it got me thinking You know, how do you really soak in a natural An amazing natural spot like that We go to all all kinds of these amazing spots Whether it's Yosemite Fall Or Denali Or any pick-your-poison, you know, delicate arch or a random waterfall, Um, all these natural park sites that are so amazing. And I feel like sometimes I just need to try, how can I actually soak these in and appreciate them for what they really are, which is absolutely stunning works of nature. So, you know, since we've had so much practice you know, just enjoying these pieces of nature. I've thought about this a bit and, you know, I feel like the times when I just go and look around and take some pictures and then check out, I don't really get the full appreciation. So I've tried to develop a little system for, and this sounds super nerdy, I know, but a system for really appreciating these works of nature and it's a very loose system so it's not like I'm checking boxes here but you know going up to these places and then first thing you know you've, you've got to take all your pictures and get that part out of the way like it or not I am part of the documented pics-or-it-didn't-happen generation um, that just, I do get enjoyment out of that. So whatever. Um, I, I like taking the pictures. and um, But then after you've gotten that all out of the way, all the pictures you could ever want, then it's time to put the camera away and then just start really enjoying it without this, the somewhat stress of um having to find that perfect picture. So you know, put the camera away and then just walk around in silence and just really try to absorb and soak it in and look at not just the the thing, whether it's a waterfall or whatever, in its hole, but I like to look at all the different pieces, how the water comes down and falls off the cliff all the rocks that it hits in between, and whether there's a big cavern behind it or how it cascades cascades from one point to another, then how it hits the stream and starts flowing, how fast it flows away from the base of the falls. Um, It's just really interesting to me when you break it down, you can really start to appreciate things and and more than just when you look at it and see it as one big picture, that it's almost too amazing to comprehend. So I try, I put the camera away, I break it down, and then at some point, you know, right when Elizabeth is usually yanking on my arm telling me we need to go, I then just try and take, like, 30 extra seconds one more minute and then just like sit and stare and soak it in one last time and then essentially say goodbye. so I don't know just something I've, I've thought about I don't know if anybody else has thought about it. be curious on on people's comments there but um, this was one of those times where I really did feel like I needed to work hard to appreciate how amazing this thing i'm seeing actually is the giant's causeway amazing geological wonder so that was the highlight of that day for sure we also did some really cool stuff like go to the Bushmills mills distillery uh, licensed to distill whiskey since 1608 in northern ireland Um, then driving through a ton of rain and getting to Glenariff Forest Park, where we took a little trail to see some waterfalls. Yeah, and the last thing we saw was this sacred ritual site in Ireland, the most renowned ritual site called the Hill of Tara. And that was where we watched our last sunset of the, the trip through Ireland. We had Completed essentially a whole circle, from Dublin around to Cork uh, on the southern end, to Galway in the west, then up north to Giant's Causeway and back—a um, whole circle of the island. And it was just an incredible um, trip all the way around. Sad to leave, but I did did have to leave yesterday, and actually about five am this morning my flight took off so now I'm in the bonus section of my trip which is whoa there not so fast this is living room Cole again Uh, I'm gonna keep the next destination uh, as a surprise so you'll have to come back next month when I'm releasing part two of this trip series. So yeah, I will tell you though, that it is an entirely different continent and uh, one that uh, you might not ever think of visiting. So until then, uh, to recap, Ireland, totally recommend a day or two in Dublin and then taking a circuit around the entire island. Uh, go you know around those little coastal towns definitely hit the cliffs of moor that was one of my highlights for sure. and then just find you know all of those little places along the way that are gonna make your trip unique. I certainly did with doing things like hitting the caves, hitting the pub uh, who that was owned by the family of my friend. Um, absolutely recommend the uh, Giant's Causeway as well in Northern Ireland. Do not miss that if at all possible. And let's see, one thing I would skip at, I mentioned the Hill of Tara at the end. Instead of doing that, just go to the Wicklow Mountains National Park if you have time to get out of Dublin. So I hope you enjoyed the recordings. Hope you were inspired to check out Ireland in a new way. And thanks again for checking us out today. Uh, we'll be back next month, as I mentioned, with another uh, a follow-up to this travel series, another country, another you know, whole new landscape, and maybe another national park too. So uh, until then... If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, find us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can always get more national parks and international travel videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out.